0: Welcome to Quest, where we believe a great faith, great church experience, and great life is grounded in authentic relationship with God and living life with friends. Join us today in changing our world one friendship at a time. If you would like more information about connecting at Quest, stay tuned after the message. I think that the prayer over Josiah is a perfect way to end this series that we've been in, Come Holy Spirit. This is, as you've heard us talk about, this is a prayer that's incredibly important to the body of believers throughout the ages. And it's also very important for the vineyard. And so, as we've been moving into this, I'm anxious to see what the Lord might do in and through us. And I, I am... Today, it feels so different in here today, and I'm really excited, and so I hope that you are okay with us maybe trying some different things today that, than we usually do. Is that okay? Are you guys willing to maybe, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about what it means to to have faith in in the Lord and how when we have faith in the Lord, that really looks like it can be a little bit risky. In fact, one of the sayings in the vineyard is that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Okay, And so, and I, I know that, that when it comes to faith, when it comes to being challenged by the Lord, a lot of times we have a sense of trepidation, maybe some fear. And I think about what, you know, Josiah going to, to Scotland, he's probably feeling some uh, excitement, I'm sure, but also a little bit of, of fear in, in in the unknown. And, and I know for, you know, it doesn't have to be someone moving across the the planet to go do something else, but it can be on a smaller scale, right? Simply a walk across the room to someone to pray for them can can feel like the riskiest thing that you might ever do. It can be really scary. None of us are immune to those feelings. And and I I believe that the the framework for the things of God, it really is in the supernatural, which is unnatural for us. It's inherently outside of our comfort zone. Just three Saturdays ago, I was was in a moment with this exact same kind of tension. I was at the Vineyard United event, which is, it was a great event. In fact, I'm going to show you a video from our weekend season. (laughs) It really was an awesome weekend. It was—you like, can clap for that event. It was so good, yeah. The—the the greatest thing about the retreat, we had a ton of fun. We played games. We built new relationships. You know, there were there were like 200 of us there. It was a really great time but one of the things that i found so remarkable about the weekend were all of the stories of the ways that god was faithful and engaging with uh, the students there it was it was just unmistakable ways that the Lord was moving in the lives of the students. I mean, there was immediate fruit from that weekend that that, that every youth pastor prays for. Like, it was just saturated with God. Um, and, and what I loved about it is that we walked away and there were so many students who could clearly articulate the, the ways that God moved in and around them. It was powerful and Trust me when I say that those encounters with God, they came because of the faithfulness of the students who were willing to risk stepping out in faith. Every person who experienced the work of God at Vineyard United, they took a risky step of faith to get there. And even me, three, three Saturdays ago, I found myself in one of those moments where I had the choice to, to risk saying what I felt the Lord was telling me or to take a safe way out, right? The entire weekend, it was, it was something excuse me, new for me. I was, I was really out of my element when we were there. I'd led events like this in the past, but this was the first time where every bit of the event, the, the full weight of the weekend rested on my shoulders, and again and again, I was pulled out of uh, of a moment with God to deal with some minutia that was that was going on, and you know, with scheduling or planning. There was there was actually at one point one leader who was actively being a distraction in the midst of a teaching moment. That person is in this room right now. I'm not looking at him at all right now either. that what happened was um, i'm not going to mention his name ruben decided to uh, to put on the main screen while a pastor from the cincinnati vineyard was teaching who day oh. the, you don't have a microphone anyway the <laughs> I was afraid about the potential distraction there. My head was spinning the whole time, right? There's, there's all of these distractions. And, and I, I knew even before the event that it was going to take a significant amount of mental and emotional energy to try and stay connected to what God was doing over the weekend. And so I kept on praying, Holy Spirit, come. Allow me to be present to, to lead well and to hear your voice. And over and over and over again, I kept praying that prayer. And then I found myself standing in this large circle made up of students and leaders, teenagers and adults, and I was waiting for the Lord to move, but I was fearful I didn't know what to expect. The the Lord had used me before to minister in certain ways, but most of those times, I had control over what was happening in the moment. I knew what to say, I knew how to pray, and to the point where I could probably get in the way of what God was doing because I felt like I knew what to do. Have you ever felt that way? ever felt like maybe you should get out of the way of God? You know, you can look at a person and just by what they're wearing or what's on their face, you know exactly what to pray for them and, and, and invite them into just so they can feel cared for. But when we minister to people by the power of the Holy Spirit, instead of being focused on that person, we have to focus on what God is wanting us to focus on, to have our ears and our minds and our eyes tuned in to what, the Holy Spirit is saying, and let me tell you, to speak something that you believe God is giving to, to you for that person, especially when it feels like it's something out of bounds, feels maybe a little bit off base, that takes faith. It requires risk, and that's where I was. I was standing there in that circle. I had my eyes closed, no idea who was going to approach me in a moment that I was going to get a word for. All I was doing was standing there waiting on the Lord waiting on the Lord. And then I felt this tap on my shoulder and the Lord gave me this image in my head. Now I have no idea who's standing across from me. My eyes are closed and the image in my mind is is very specific and it's certainly meant for a specific type of person. And so I have this moment, this thought, do I risk sharing what I believe the Lord is giving to me? to this person that I can't see, or, or do I make something up that's more generic and, and can fit anyone, right? So I went for it. I shared the image that I saw, and then I opened my eyes, and to my relief, the, the person who was across from me was someone that this message might fit. And then the feedback I got from this person, that, that they had been seeing the same image for a few weeks. And, and they, were preceded, they then proceeded to tell me what the, the image meant to them and how God was using it. The, the Lord used that moment to confirm something that he had been sharing with them, and I was able to be a part of that story for her because I chose to risk it. I had the faith to let the Lord use me. Now, now here's my point. If you want to experience God, you have to be willing to risk it. You might be wrong about what you think God is telling you to do. But when you are right, even those small risks that you take become significant encounters with him. Some of the stories that came out of our weekend from the students, I I heard um, one student say that while they were worshiping, it felt like the Lord was physically hugging them. Uh, another, another student who, who who clearly needed some direction in their life, the Lord gave them direction about a big decision, and they chose to step in that, and it was, it was an answer to prayer, a clear answer to prayer. Another student who, and this was probably the, the most important thing uh, that I think I heard all weekend, student said, I can't believe that the Lord was able to use me, a teenager, to speak to someone else. To minister to them. I'm telling you guys. Every single person in this room. Doesn't matter how old you are. How young you are. The Lord can and will use you. If you're willing to be available to him. If you're willing to, to risk being used by him. One of the. One of the changes that, that we're making here at Quest as we move to this one service is to move the middle and high school students here into the service on Sunday mornings. And so they're going to have this little section over here. And there's a reason I'm telling you this, because I, I think what, what we're going to see is God do something special through this church, but it's going to start in the, the student ministry and, and, and kind of bubble up over in this section over here. Students, can I hear you? Well, that was weak. It's not starting to bubble up yet. It'll, it'll build. It's a building thing. This is going to be a slow process, but... <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you be a little bit more engaged than that? Oh, it's, nope, nope. Don't push. Don't push. Don't push. What I saw this past weekend at Vineyard United just gives me hopes and and dreams for the way that the students are going to lead here at Quest. I, I love how much they're choosing to risk their reputations in order to be faithful to God's call. Amen. As we say in the vineyard, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And so this week, God, as I was preparing for this, he led me to two places in study that I'd like to share with you today. I was reading in my devotional about the faith of the centurion. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story. It's found in both Luke and Matthew. And today I'm going to read from the Gospel of Luke because that's where I originally read it this week in my own preparation. So this is in Luke chapter 7, and it begins in verse 1. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I-, I encourage you to open them up and, and to follow along with me. Of course, the words are here on the screen if you, if you don't have your Bible. Let's just read this story about the faith of the Roman centurion. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were, who were listening, he entered Capernaum. And then a centurion servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. And the centurion heard of of Jesus and sent some elders of of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. And so Jesus went with him. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to, to say to him, "'Lord, don't trouble yourself.'" For I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. Think about that faith for a moment. even in Israel then the men who had come had been sent to return to the house and found the servant well now this this story is is miraculous and, of course, that's wonderful. We have this servant who's, who's sick and he's healed. But, really, that's not the focus of the story. In fact, Jesus isn't even really the focus of this story. The story is about the faith of the Roman centurion. Here's a man who, in respect to Jesus, is an outsider, a complete outsider. He's not Jewish. He could be considered an enemy as an imperialist, right? But he's chosen... To befriend and bless his Jewish servant and the community that he's living in. That's risk, by the way. He's donated money to help build the the Jewish place of worship. And he cares about this man who has become his friend. He cares about him enough to reach out to a man that he's only heard of doing miracles. Now, personally, I, I love these stories. We're in the text, they speak so clearly to, to Jesus' choice to bless those outside of the Jewish faith. You know, again and again, we read of how Jesus goes out of his way to include the outsider and bless the outsider. And for, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, right, we too need to follow him and include the outsiders. I love that message when we when we see people of faith who are explicitly excluding people because they are different you can determine that they are not acting or following Jesus in that moment okay This is really just a sidebar comment here because it doesn't quite get to the heart of what I think is important for us to hear this morning. You see, as an outsider, this Roman centurion displayed considerable faith in reaching out and trusting that Jesus would act and save his sermon. Any way you look at it, it's risky for the centurion. So, so he, probably, he probably had wealth, he probably had power. In fact, we know he had power based on the story. But he knew that Jesus had something greater than what he could offer, and so he reached out. How many of us can put ourselves right into the shoes of this centurion? We might have wealth, we might have power, we might have popularity, we might have influence. But Jesus has something Greater for us. So we need to step into and walk in humility and approach Christ, asking Him to lead and to to restore. It doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum of faith if you humble yourself before Jesus, recognizing that He is superior, that He has something to offer to you that you can't get anywhere else. If you surrender your will to His, that's when things get busy. That's when things get fun. That's when things get good and exciting. That's when stuff changes. But you have to risk, I have to risk, we have to risk not being in control. Not having power. Not knowing what the next moment will look like. You have to risk trusting the Lord to move. I heard this other story this week, and this is one that I came across in my study as well. I heard this story about a man who chose to get risky. This is a story from John Wimber, and if you're not familiar, John Wimber is one of the, uh, he is really the founder of the Vineyard Movement that we are a part of. and. This guy is an outsider. He's at this conference that John Wimber is leading. And this man was was looking in and listening to all of the things that that John was saying that was being taught at this conference. uh, But he was incredibly skeptical based on his theological background. His belief about who God was and how God could work really kept him on the outside of what God was doing there. He was a total outsider. And, and, and by the way, and this is really important for me to say, there's not a single person in this room or quite frankly anywhere on earth that can, can't consider themselves an outsider. We are all the outsider, every single one of us. Even Jesus' disciples, they had to watch and see what he was doing before they could get it and understand it. So we're all in this category of looking in and trying to figure it out. What does the kingdom of God look like, right? We catch glimpses of it every once in a while. And and we won't know fully until we pass into eternity. So all of us are, are in this together asking the Lord to show us what it's like. Come Holy Spirit is the prayer. So show us a glimpse of what real life is like. And so this guy's at this conference. He's skeptical. And, and, and to, to the point where he's almost combative, right? He's, he's kind of pushing back pretty hard on the things that he's hearing and some of the things that he's seeing. He's seeing the Lord move and stir in different places in this, in this crowd. And he's just like, that's not real. That's not happening until the Lord came upon him and knocked him off of his feet onto the ground. John Wimber tells the story, he's like, yeah, the the guy was screaming, let me go, let me go. It's kind of a weird thing. I can't even imagine what that would be like to have that happen. We're going to try it later, but we'll, so we'll see, kidding. So this man is, is laying on the ground and he's saying, let me go, let me go. And, And John, the way he tells the story, he says, and the Lord let him go like three hours later. Right? In that moment, in those, those minutes that, that God was ministering to that man, He was given a call to plant churches. And so this guy, the skeptical guy, the outsider, who now sees that the the Lord is powerful and it's real, he goes across to India and he starts to plant churches. And and in his own story, uh, he said he planted close to 60 churches. The truth is he planted closer to 600 churches but the whole time he was doing it, because he was an outsider, he didn't even know how to do it. And so what he would do is he would come to a group of people. He would, he would read a chapter out of John Wimber's book and then um, some outline notes that he had received. And then he would just stand there and pray, come Holy Spirit. And they would just wait. Wait for the Lord to move. Completely in the control of God. John asked this guy, he said, so, so how long did you have to wait? And he said, sometimes 45 minutes. It was a long time. Have you ever had to wait that long? And John's like, well, you're just not doing it the way that I do it. Anyway, I know that, that those moments where this, this man was, was humbly submitting to the work of the Lord in those places. I know it had to look and feel different and strange and a little bit weird, but... Here's, the, here's this guy, he was moved by God and he took this one shot that he had and he planted 600 churches by the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's powerful. Of course, this isn't my story, but I resonate with it because I stand in those moments where I know the Lord wants to work, but in my impatience or my fear of looking strange, I try and take over and do the work of the ministry that the Lord really wants to do. And here's the most valuable point of the day it's not my ministry. It's not your ministry. It's not Ross's ministry. It's not even Quest's ministry to do. It is Jesus' ministry. And we get to partner with him. Mm. It is his will, his way, his kingdom. It's all his. The only thing that we have to offer is our dependence on His power. The only thing that we should come to God with is humility. Lord, I'm surrendered to You. So come, Holy Spirit, do a work in this place among these people. We are the outsiders waiting for the Lord to do the work. I am going to tell you something. If you want to be part of something that's radical, if you want to be a part of something that's exciting, then partnering with Jesus in his work is it. Faithfully risking our reputation to humbly walk up to Jesus and ask him, just as the centurion did, for him to move in power with no demands, that is exciting. Because it's the work and the power of God, he can choose to work through anyone that he chooses to work through. Even a teenager at Vineyard United. Even the person who just walked in the door of this church who's was hungover because they were partying too much last night. If they're willing to humble themselves before the Lord, the Lord can choose to work through, him, through them as he pleases. It's the Lord's prerogative to choose who and when he will do his work. Our job is to be risky and humbly request that he come up and show his power. I don't know what the Lord wants to do with Quest, but I'm going to surrender to his will for Quest. I I don't know how he wants to show up even today, but I want to submit to what he wants to do today. Are you interested in that? I want to see him move. I want to see lives changed and people healed and churches planted and, 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 and all of it because we're humbly standing before the Lord and, and asking him with outstretched arms, do this through us. Come, Holy Spirit, do your work here in this place. And if you want to join with me today, then I ask you to stand right now. Let's do this. Stand, humble yourself before the Lord and pray this prayer. This is going to look different today. And I don't know what it's going to look like. (laughs) Are you okay with that? I'm very unfamiliar with this. I'm like that skeptical guy that got knocked on the floor and he's seen a couple guys do it before him and so he's just trying it out. So we're just going to try it out today. I want to to do this. I I want you to to, open your arms up like this. There's nothing special about it. It's just an attitude, a posture of receiving with our our palms open up that we're willing to receive what the Lord has. We're also willing to let go of things. We're surrendering it to Him. I want you just to pray these words. Come, Holy Spirit. Do you feel the Lord moving? More, Lord. More, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just wait on the Lord. We've got 45 minutes. If you sense the Lord moving, stirring inside of you, trust that that's the work of the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to minister to the people around you. One of the the things that I have understood is that when we choose to minister on behalf of other people, instead of asking for ourselves, we ask for the needs of those around us. That's when we experience more of of the powerful work of God. So if you sense the Lord stirring in you, Begin to minister to those around you. There's also something biblical about laying on of hands. And if you're comfortable with that, I I ask you to, to, if you know someone has a need, then lay your hands on that person and begin to pray for them. Let's let's see how the Lord might move this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. If you feel the Lord stirring inside of you, maybe a word or something like that, then just say it out loud. Speak it out. If you sense celebration, if you sense worship, say it out loud. Speak it out. Sing it out. Come, Holy Spirit. I see something going on over here. Let's just pray for Uh, let's pray for some of those students. One of the things that I felt the Lord was saying to me this week also is that there, there is a gap in generations and that there needs to be some healing between the generations. And so I'm going to ask you, if you are older than 25, then I want to ask you to, to pray for those who are younger than 25. Does that make sense? Extend your hands toward the folks who are in this room that are younger than you and pray for them. Pray a blessing over them. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. You may feel a little resistance to this. I want to ask you just to embrace this moment. Embrace what the Lord is doing here. See if there's something for you here in this place. Let your guard down. Surrender to the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray a release of the gifts over this body of believers here. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your gifts on this body so that we may be edified, that we may be built up, that we may be encouraged, that we may grow in our maturity as a body of believers looking more like you, Jesus, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. If you sense that you need something but you're not sure what it is don't leave this place without receiving the gift that God has for you for for receiving the healing that you need. Part of the risk might be reaching out to a neighbor and saying, hey, I need you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. I'm struggling with this. Will you pray for me? Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. More. More. Yes, Lord. More. Come, Holy Spirit. We're going to continue to do ministry here. We're also going to worship some more, and so I encourage you to stay in this attitude of praise, of submission, of of surrender to the Lord. We're going to sing this final song of worship. And, and I, I just I encourage you to engage in this. Sing loudly and boldly and clearly. Be free in your worship. The One of the words that I felt that was coming over uh, this church this week was a, a deep sense of freedom. To not fear anymore what, what our reputations are or how they may be um, shattered or changed or marred, but instead we're free to worship. To worship the King. That He deserves our adoration and our praise. We hope you encountered the love of Jesus in this message. If you'd like to be a part of the ministry God is doing through Quest, whether in person or online, go to questvineyard.org for more information. If you want to worship God by supporting Quest financially, go to questvineyard.org give. May God bless you this week as you partner with God to change the world one friendship at a time.